morning, and I'm going to do my best uh, to share the word of the Lord this morning, as well as fulfill my assignment. And uh, I am uh, I'm going to do my best to uh, to deposit into you that which the Lord has spoken uh, to me this morning, and uh, I. I pray that we have ears to hear this morning. If you have your Bibles with you this morning, Ezekiel chapter number 33 is where we're going to begin. And uh, I'm going to take us in many places this morning, but uh, I pray that we will allow the Lord to speak to us this morning. It is, I will give you a disclaimer this morning, this is maybe a challenging word for all of us in this room uh and uh i I want the holy spirit to speak to you in the manner that he uh needs to i'm just going to deliver this morning what the lord has 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 placed in my heart and i know that uh we live in a world that is demanding. We live in a world that is pulling at us in many directions. Uh, but today I stand and tell you that what we do with Christ is of the utmost importance. And I'm thankful for the gift of salvation. And I am not into the fact that we work to obtain anything from God. But I do believe that if we are men and women of faith, that there will be works that follows us. There will be a manifestation of the presence of God and the power of God in our lives. And we're going to talk about some of these things today. But at the help of the Lord, I want to talk to us today about calling a generation. And uh, I'm not talking about just young people today, but if you are under the sound of our voice and there is breath in your body today, then I'm speaking to you today because all of us have a role to play. Amen. Ezekiel 33, beginning in verse number one, going to read and you're hearing together maybe a familiar passage of scripture for many in this room, but I want us to return to it and begin to build from there this morning. It says, again, the word of the Lord came unto me saying, son of man, speak to the children of thy people and say unto them, when I bring the sword upon a land, if the people of the land take a man of their coast and set him for their watchman, if when he seeth the sword come upon the land, he blow the trumpet and warn the people, then whosoever heareth the sound of the trumpet and taketh not warning, if the sword come and take him away, his blood shall be upon his own head. He heard the sound of the trumpet and he took not warning. His blood shall be upon him. But he that taketh warning shall deliver his soul. But if the watchman see the sword come and blow not the trumpet and the people be not warned, if the sword come and take any person from among them, he is taken away in his iniquity. But his blood will I require at the watchman's hand. So thou, O son of man, I have set thee a watchman unto the house of Israel. Therefore thou shalt hear the word at my mouth and warn them from me. Our subject today is calling a generation. Our text is found in Ezekiel 33, 1 through 7. But our focus today will be primarily on verse 
Number seven. So thou, O son of man, I have set thee a watchman unto the house of Israel. Dear Heavenly Father, we love you this morning. I thank you for your word. I thank you for the privilege to be in your house. But Lord, today I pray that I would decrease and that you would increase. Lord, I pray that the anointing of the Holy Spirit would overshadow this vessel in which I dwell. And Lord, I pray that I would not speak my opinion, but that I would speak the infallible word of God by the anointing power of the Holy Spirit, where lives would forever be transformed and changed. And we will give you the glory and the honor. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord this morning. So thou, O son of man, I have set thee a watchman unto the house of Israel. Therefore shall thou hear the word at my mouth and warn them from me. We know that according to this passage of scripture, Ezekiel was called of God and appointed of God to be a prophet to his generation. His assignment was to sound the alarm for that which was taking place in his day. And the Lord painted a very clear picture in this passage that we read together of the importance of the task that was given to him. Throughout history, we see the landscape is marked by men and women that decided that they could not sit in silence when they saw evil prevailing. While many did not realize the impact of their decision would alter history in the manner that it did, they have become an inspiration to many that have followed them throughout time. I believe it is important for me to remind every one of us in this room today that we are not here today by chance, but we are here by God's design. And when I say that we are here, I'm not talking about just in this building, but I'm talking about upon planet Earth in this moment of time. One may ask, how can you make such a statement? Is because when you begin to read the book of Jeremiah in chapter number one, you will find in verse number four through verse number nine, the following. It says, then the word of the Lord came unto me saying, before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee. And I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. But then Jeremiah said, O Lord God, behold, I cannot speak for I'm a child. But the Lord said unto him, Say not, I am a child, for thou shalt go to all that I shall send thee, and whatsoever I command thee, thou shalt speak. But then he goes on to say, Be not afraid of their faces, for I am with thee to deliver thee, saith the Lord. Then the Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth. And the Lord said unto me, Behold, I have put my words in thy mouth. We see Ezekiel and Jeremiah are just two examples that are given to us, that reveals to us that God himself has a plan for our lives. 
If that isn't enough, we see a letter that was written by Paul to the church at Ephesus in Ephesians chapter number one, verses three through five. We find these words. He said, blessed be the God and father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ, according as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself according to the good pleasure of his will if that still isn't enough to convince us today that God has a plan and a purpose for our lives then let us look at the words of Christ himself before his departure before he went and ascended and set it at the right and sat down at the right hand of the father we find that in Acts chapter 1 verse 4 as well as verse number 8 the following and been assembled together with them commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem but they should wait for the promise of the father which saith you have heard of me but he said when this promise comes you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you and you shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in Judea Samaria and the uttermost parts of the world notice the word witnesses is plural he's simply saying I'm calling you I've ordained you to be a testimony if you will of who I am and of the power that I possess now the reason for this promise if we're really going to grab a hold of it in its entirety we must come to a place and realize that this promise and this gift that is talked about in Acts chapter 1 we have to revisit the words of Christ why would he give such a gift and why would he make such a promise in Matthew 28 18 through 20 a very familiar passage of scripture around this house it says this Jesus is speaking he says all power is given unto me in heaven and on earth but then he says go ye therefore and teach all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son of the Holy Ghost teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I've commanded you and lo I am with you always even until the end of the world amen but you also find this recorded in Mark chapter number 16 verse number 15 through 17 and he says go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature and he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved but he that believeth not shall be damned and these signs shall follow them that believe in my name they shall cast out devils they shall speak with new tongues clearly we see it's God's plan for you and I to live a life of purpose Stay with me this morning, please, just for a few moments. Jeremiah 29 and 11, a passage many of you probably can quote from memory, says, For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. May I ask a question today? It's a very personal question, but I believe it's one that needs to be asked. How have you lived out this year? How have you lived out this year? As a follower of Christ, what has been your top priority? I sincerely believe this somewhere along the way in the midst of all of the blessings and the comforts that we enjoy, we, the followers of Christ, have lost our identity as Christ followers. And if we're not careful, 
We are pursuing everything except for what his word has instructed us to pursue. You're probably starting to realize that you understand now why I would rather be preaching Sunday night's message twice this morning instead of this one. Stay with me, please. Please hear me this morning. When we lose our identity, we lose our sense of purpose. We are not only called to be salt and light while we're here on this earth, but we are also, like Ezekiel, called to be watchmen over our land. We have been given the great responsibility to declare the words of our God, but may I remind us today, his words are truth. Psalms 33 and 4 says, For the word of the Lord is right, and all his works are done in truth. May I say this today, if there's ever been a time in recent history that we needed truth, it is now. Because can I tell you, all we see everywhere is propaganda on every stage of life. And can I tell you, the truth is absent from the arena in which we live. It was Jesus himself that is recorded saying the following in John chapter 14 and verse number six. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Can I tell you, if he is not present, there is no life. And you and I today understand that it is in this hour that we need men and women to awaken and to arise to the call of God in their life. I'm thankful for the presence of God in this room this morning. But can I tell you, if this is all that we experience uh, and this is all we do, uh, then we are not fulfilling our purpose It is for such an hour as this that God himself has orchestrated before the foundation of time that we be present today. But may I ask, how present are we? Can I tell you today that you can be in the room and still be absent? May I ask how effective we have been this year in taking this glorious gospel to the world around us. May I remind us this morning that his word has not changed for our generation concerning those who make the decision to follow him. Let me remind us from Matthew's gospel in chapter number six, verse 24 through 26. It says, no man can serve two masters for either he will hate the one and love the other or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore, I say unto you, take no thought for your life, what you shall eat or what you shall drink, nor yet for your body, what shall you put on? Is not the life more than meat and the body than raiment? Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are you not much better than they? 27 through 29 of the same chapter says, which of you by taking thought can add one cubic unto a statue? And why take ye through the raiment? Uh, consider the lilies of the field, how they grow, they toll not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of those. But let me continue. Verse number 30 through 33. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you? O ye of little faith. Therefore, take no thought, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewith shall we be clothed? For all these things do the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father knoweth that you have need of all these things. 
but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. Somewhere along the way, we have been led to believe that we have to pursue and we have to labor continually, drive ourselves into the ground and cripple these bodies to obtain something that God says, if you'll put me first, I'll make sure that you have. God, help us this morning. Church, we have been given this great responsibility to share this amazing message of hope to a lost and dying world. And I have one question for you and I this morning. If not you and I, then who? We find that there is a very sober warning within the text that we read together in Ezekiel chapter 33. And may I draw your attention to verse number 6 for a moment. It says, but if the watchman see the sword come and blow not the trumpet and the people be not warned, if the sword come and take any person from among them, he is taken away in his iniquity, but his blood will I require at the watchman's hand. I know I'm asking a lot of questions today, and, but this is one question that haunts me to a certain level. When I look at the church today in America and across the globe, I wonder, is there blood on our hands today? How many times have we neglected our responsibility to take this glorious gospel to those that we have encountered throughout this year? A very sobering thing began to deal and prick my heart. I was watching... If you're in my house any length of time at all, you'll probably find that YouTube is on and there's a sound of worship that is blaring throughout Google or throughout a television set. But one of the things that I noticed in recent days, and I'm not criticizing, but I just made an observation, that many of those videos of the modern worship that we have, and much of it I love dearly, I began to watch the setting of this environment and many of the times and many of the recordings that is played continually, I will see arenas that are filled with 40, 50, 60,000 people. And I will see young and old alike standing in that atmosphere with their hands lifted and tears falling down their face. And they are been emotionally impacted by the message and the delivery of what they are experiencing. And I begin to think when I, saw, when I see such an appetite for this environment, I begin to realize something is wrong something is missing because it's not just in one city or one state but you can take a group of christian artists anointed men and women and you can put them in california you can put them in minneapolis you can put them in cincinnati you can put them in indianapolis and they will fill the arena and men and women from the local sanctuaries of the church across that region will come and they will lift their hands and they will weep and cry in the presence of god and I thought if there is that many individuals 
that say, I love Jesus, how in the world are we been overran by so much demonic power from the pits of hell? Why is it that our children are being overran? Why is it that on a Sunday morning our churches are empty? Why is it that a revival meeting is no longer attended? Why is it that everything else takes precedence? It's because somewhere along the way we failed to teach a generation their purpose. I'm thankful for the gift, but can I tell you, your salvation is not just a get-out-of-jail-free card for you to come and to sit in luxury and say, well, I'm just going to ride this train to glory. Now, I'm thankful that we have the hope of eternity in the presence of God. But one of the most sad, devastating things that I can think of in my life is to arrive there and see that nobody greets you that says because of you and because of your message and because of your life I'm here can I tell you there is a generation that is dying all around us but yet we don't know what our purpose is even though God's word clearly tells us that we are to go unto all the world teaching and preaching this glorious gospel you say well I'm not this or I'm not that listen we are all called and commissioned to be ambassadors for the kingdom of God. We have been bought with a price. We belong to another. We are not our own. You and I do not get to pick and choose how and when we are going to do this thing. I have to ask again, how committed have we been to the call of God in our life? This ideal that I can step in and out of the call and move in and out when it's convenient for me is absolutely absurd and it's very appalling to be quite honest uh, because, well, if I get time, I will prepare. Uh, if I get time, I will sing. Uh, if I get time, I'll do this or I'll do that. But it isn't about fulfilling purpose. We are witnessing our nation be overran by demonic forces this morning on all sides and we want to sit on the sidelines and simply say, let someone else sound the alarm. I knew you wouldn't shout me down this morning. It's quite all right. I'm mentally prepared for it. I need to remind us that we have a purpose and this purpose requires us to do something and you will find that Paul does not hold back when he begins to describe what we need to do in Ephesians chapter 6 verse number 11 through 18 he says put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil because he said you're going to wrestle against some things uh, it's not flesh and blood uh, it, it, but you are going to wrestle against principalities up against powers against the rulers of the darkness of this world against spiritual wickedness in high places can I tell you what he's simply saying is because you are a Christ follower you are going to engage you have a purpose but that's not all he says if you read the chapter before in Ephesians chapter 5 verse 14 through 18 he says awake thou that sleepeth and arise from the dead and Christ shall give thee light uh, some people's wanting light but they refuse to wake up goes on to say see them that you should walk circumspectly not as fool but as wise redeeming the time because the days are evil wherefore be not unwise but understanding what the will of the Lord is be not drunk with wine where in excess but be filled 
with the Spirit of God. <coughs> he also says this in Galatians chapter 5. You have to come to a place where you rise. You have to stand fast in the liberty wherewith Christ has made you free. That means unmovable. I believe we read somewhere else where it says unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. I wonder today, what is a priority? I'm not going to keep you long today because I know you won't come back. So I'm going to cut it as short as I can. But I want to give you a story this morning. I want to give you a story that paints a picture for not careful. That is a word picture of how we live our lives if we're not careful. I recently reread a book, parts of a book that I'd read some time ago. And within the pages of this book is a story that spoke to my heart. And I want to talk to you about it just for a few moments today. It was in the 1940s that the United States government, they commissioned a gentleman by the name of William Francis Gibbs. And his commission was to work with the United States Lines, which is a shipping company. And his assignment was to design and to construct a nearly $100 million vessel at that time for the United States Navy. And the purpose was to design a ship that could carry 15,000 troops quickly during times of war. If you want to put the picture up on the screen, please. This is what was created by him and his team. This is known as the SS United States. It was a ship that was built like no other. It was, there's a lot of first in this ship. There was a lot of challenges in making it. You can keep it up for a few moments if you will. There's a lot of aluminum that's used in it to lighten the weight of it. There's a lot of technology that had never done, been used in shipbuilding before don't have time to go into all the details of it but this was built and it was finished and completed in 1952 and this ship could travel at 43 knots which is about 50 miles an hour this ship could travel 10,000 miles before it needed to be refueled or supply resupplied in 1952, the ship could be anywhere in the world in less than 10 days. There was nothing faster on the water than it. There was nothing more effective. There was nothing that could move more troops than it. The ship could outrun anything that was even close to being built like it. There was nothing like it in the world. It was built for a purpose however the SS United States while it was the most fastest and the most reliable troop carrier in the world the truth of the matter is this this great ship never carried officially any troops anywhere It was put on standby during the Cuban Missile Crisis in 1962 for a short time, but never was used in operation. However, instead, it was used as a luxury liner for presidents, heads of states, and many celebrities of that day. Instead of racing across the Atlantic, 
taking 15,000 individuals into battle hundreds of times throughout its 17-year history of being in service. It was observed floating gently and coasting across the Atlantic while the likes of Marilyn Monroe and others was enjoying the luxury of this thing. It was designed to carry 15,000 individuals faster than anything else to get them to a place of war. But however, when it was not used for its purpose, it could not house 15,000 people, but its capacity was 2,000 individuals. However, those 2,000 individuals that was on there, they had the privilege to enjoy 695 staterooms, four dining halls, three bars, two theaters, five acres of open deck to enjoy the view going across the Atlantic. Had a heated pool, had 19 elevators, and it was the first ever ship that was fully air-conditioned to keep you from the elements of the world. That which had been built for engagement in times of war became known as a vessel of indulgence for the wealthy. Instead of racing across the Atlantic, it was seen without a care in the world, floating, floating, floating. This old ship was built for battle, but it lived out its life in comfort never fulfilling its purpose. I wonder today, does the story tell the story of the modern day church? Are you aware today that six days ago, over a hundred of your brothers and sisters in Nigeria stepped into eternity at the hands of jihadists. Are you aware today that since September, in Armenia where I just returned from, 120,000 people were starved from their homes and many of them were slaughtered. Did you know that Friday, just a couple of days ago, that the governor of the neighboring state of Ohio vetoed a bill that would protect our children from the madness of this transgender movement. And therefore, he gave an open target to the enemy for the most vulnerable of our society. Yet, I hear no voices. Yet, I hear a deafening silence. May I say to us today, silence is a vote of acceptance. 
Second Chronicles 7:14 says, "If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray, and turn their and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and I will heal their land." If the statistics that I told you just a moment ago was not enough, can I tell you that from April of 2022 till April of 2023? Then in the United States, we have experienced 111,355 deaths because of substance that's been put in people's body that was searching for answers. Can I tell you today, not counting adults, but every 40 seconds a child goes missing in the United States of America. Over 7,000 children will be abandoned this year in the year 2003 in the United States alone. As of December the 4th, 627 mass shootings has occurred in the United States of America alone because of the mental illness that is taking place in our society today. Suicide is projected to even be probably 2 to 2.5% higher than it was last year, and it was 2.6 higher than it was the year before last year. Last year, there was 49,449 deaths. We will surpass 50,000 this year. But the sad fact about that number is over a million will have tried. I say all of these things to tell you that the church was not created to gently float across, across the Atlantic, but it was created for a purpose. And that purpose is to sound the alarm and to give hope in the midst of hopelessness, to tell the world that there is something worth living for, that there is something that you can grab a hold of that will not disappoint and will not destroy. But when I say that he is calling a generation this morning, can I tell you what I'm really telling you and I today is he is calling a generation that's sitting in the house of prayer to a place of repentance. God help us today. If we are going to witness the hand of God in the year 2024, it will not be because we become more polished in our presentation. It will not be because we become more intellectual in our speech. It will not be because that we get a little bit more financial security. But it will be because we repent and fall before the face of Almighty God and we choose to stand up and proclaim that Jesus Christ is Lord. And can I tell you today, you and I have been given this assignment uh, not only is it a great responsibility but please hear me it is a great privilege to be a mouthpiece for the king of kings and lord of lords so i'm asking you are you in this morning can he count on you you've been built for such a time as this you have been built with a specific purpose and while we all have different giftings and different anointings it is by the same Holy Spirit that we operate and move and have our being but can I tell you this morning the eye can't do what the ear does and the ear can't do what the mouth does you and I have to stand and we have to awaken and we have to arise and we have to be present in this moment 
You want your children delivered? Stand up and proclaim Jesus Christ as Lord. You want your city to change. You want your state to change. You want your nation to change. You want there to be a revival across the globe. Uh, can I tell you, if you and I are going to experience what we can experience in this last day harvest, uh, we will have to awaken and stand up and trust in Almighty God. Amen. So he's calling you. He's calling me. As they come to the music this morning. I wonder today, what's going to be your end and my end? Today, the SS United States is setting in a harbor in Philadelphia. It's in the process of trying to be restored. There's a great attempt for millions of dollars to be raised to continue to sustain it. It has been sold multiple times since it was taken out of commission after its 17 years of service. But can I tell you to this day, it has never fulfilled its purpose. There are those that want to turn it into a Massive place of restaurant and hotels and let it become a attraction they'd like for it to be back on the Hudson River in New York City and but we're talking millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars. You know what happened to this old ship after it was taken out of commission? It's been sold multiple times. It's went up in value and down in value. But to sustain its life, to sustain its well-being at one time in its history, the people that was in control of it, they began to strip everything out of it. Had great artwork, some great furnishings in it. Much of it is scattered throughout museums, throughout our nation. Others was bought and put in restaurants and then restaurants was closed and now it's just been scattered. Today it's just a mere shell basically because of the materials that it was built with. It was filled with asbestos and it's just a, it's just a shell of what it once was. It was great. Nothing like it. Full of power full of authority but never filled its purpose here's its future unless someone invest in it greatly it will be purchased for scrap and it will be cut to pieces in the very near future because of the simple fact it cannot sustain, be sustained in the manner that it is. I haven't checked recently on just where it is at with its fundraising and things, but I know this, that there's a great effort 
One of the individuals that's leading that great effort is the great granddaughter of William Gibbs. I want to preserve what my grandfather built. But here's the deal. Even if she preserves it, it will never fulfill its purpose. We're not doing anything if we just try to preserve this thing. Well, I just want to preserve it for what it was when my daddy had it or my granddaddy had it. No, 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 no. Different time, different season, been built for something different, but yet at the same time built for the same eternal goal. It's still about souls. Don't matter how pretty we make everything, doesn't matter how polished we become. If our lives are not the hands and feet of Christ, we're failing today. He's calling you. On the last day of this year, He's calling you. I'm not concerned about how many times you've fallen. I'm not concerned what your age is. I'm not concerned of how broken down you may see yourself as being. But I want you to hear me this morning. He's calling you. His grace and his mercy has been extended to his people one more time. And he's saying, I'm calling you. If you'll come, if you'll come, I'm faithful to heal. I'm faithful to deliver. I'm faithful to empower and equip. And I'm faithful to anoint so that you can be a watchman to your generation. Here's the reality today, I know. We won't reach everybody, but we can reach somebody. Not everybody will accept, but somebody will. I may get a thousand no's, but I'll take a thousand no's to get one yes. I don't want to be seen as the SS United States just floating along trying to make it to heaven. But I want to be seen, engaged, reaching a world with the greatest message that's ever been known to man. He's calling you. Don't look at the impossibles. Don't look at the uncertainties. He says to pick up our cross daily and to follow him. He says if we look over our shoulder, we're not worthy of his kingdom. We got to keep our hands on the plow. Can I tell you today? He's calling you and me. As much as I'd love to see my daddy's not coming back to preach another message. As much as I'd love to see her, my mama's not coming back to lead another choir. 
Brother Irvin Steele is not coming back to 1109 West 10th Street to preach another message. Brother D.L. Moody's not going to come and hold another crusade. Brother Billy Graham's not coming back. He's not going to awaken Los Angeles again. He's calling you. He's calling you. But do we understand? My phone went off very early yesterday morning, early morning. Friend of mine that I've grown to love over the last few years and get connected with. Sent me and a couple others a message as he was sitting on the border of Iran yesterday morning. Sent me a couple pictures where I just have been having a conversation. A lot of things have changing in the last few weeks. Roadway project is beginning. Hundreds of Iranians are going to begin to transition and travel through this little bitty town. Back and forth for work, back and forth for commerce. Right now, ministry's been done in a little small house. I was there, the base of the mountain. While we was there, there's a piece of property beside it. Has a building on it. Needs much repair. I told my friend Jacob, I said, you need that piece of property for what God is about to do. You need that piece of property. Conversation had began, but they found out Americans was involved, so they think Americans are rich. If they only knew, right? We go to work every day like everybody else. But we are rich by the standard of the world. Very rich. But there's a gentleman that came and began to negotiate, and God began to give favor. telling you just to tell you that there's a purpose there's a reason that we're here we're just everyday ordinary people in the cornfields of Indiana what can we do is what the world says ah you don't have all of the wealth you don't have all of this and all of that Jacob said the Lord's favored us that we can purchase this piece of property in this building for $25,000 American money. What do you think? I said, I think I'm in because there's a call. There's a call. There's a call. Shortly, I see 
Someone else say, I'm in. I'm in. I'm in. There's men and women that are understanding the call. I have till the end of January to come up with $5,000. That's not hard for God. You see, sometimes you just do what God says do. What I'm saying is this, we're called. It may be given a dollar. It may be given of your time, your energy. But it's not just about the unreached on the other side of the world. But it's the unreached in your neighborhood. It's the unreached of your family. It's those in our local city. Can I tell you today, you'll go home tonight. You'll lay your head down with a full belly. And there'll be children within a five-mile radius from your from where you're laying your head and their bellies will be growling. I wonder. I wonder. Do we understand the call? I want you to be blessed. I'll, I'll celebrate with you. I want you to walk with the abundance of God. But more importantly, I want you to fulfill your purpose. What platform has he given you to work from? As we stand all over the house, I've taken too long this morning. But I want to leave you with this question before we pray. As we reflect on a year, 2023, it seems like it just started a week ago and here we are ending it today. Would you say that your life has been lived out to its fullest in the year 2023 for the kingdom of God? Or would we have to be honest today and say, I've allowed things to keep me from fulfilling my purpose. We can't go back and change yesterday. We can't go back and change this year. But we can today stand and say, God, forgive me. And say, with your help and by the leading of your spirit, the rest of my days, I will run after you. I know it's very maybe a little different this morning very sobering this morning but I have not delivered and poured out my heart this morning 
to condemn anyone in this room. Because I'll be the first one to raise my hand in this room and say, I believe that there's probably times I could have done more. Even though I ran everywhere, I look over my life and I still see, God, I could have done more. So today, my prayer is that you will understand your worth in the kingdom of God for such an hour as this. He's anointed you. He's gifted you. In the professional realm, in the spiritual realm, and in the personal realm. But the question is, are we using those things to the fullest potential? If you say, I don't know if I really have or not, but you would say, preacher, I desire to in this coming year. I want to be one that's present. Before we leave this morning, before we transition into the baptism service this morning, I'm going to ask you to come to the front of this building if that's you. And I want you to stand in the front of this building with me. I want to pray over you and pray with you today. If you would say, God, I want to be present in 2024. I want to be a generation that is no longer floating across the Atlantic in a state of luxury, but I want to be moving in the capacity in which I was built for. If that's you this morning in this room, young and old alike, I want you to come right now. Right now. Come. Come. Oh. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, we bless your name, Lord. There's plenty of room across the front of this building. We can drive chairs back, do whatever we need as you come. As you come. Pastor Jade Abrams here. I just want to thank you for watching and joining with us today. We're so glad that you chose to be with us. We just encourage you to stay in contact with us. Click, follow, subscribe on all of our social media platforms to stay up to date what's happening here at PTC. We bless you in Jesus' name and we love you and so does God. Have a good day.